are listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. This story was recorded at a True Story party in January of 2012 at an undisclosed location in the San Francisco Bay Area. The theme for the night was the end of the beginning. My grandfather has always been sort of a hero in my family, not just for me, but he was created as a hero for me. Um, my parents came to the States when I was 18 months old. I was born in Poland. During communist times, the wall had crumbled, and they just saw chaos. And they were excited that the wall crumbled, but they were a little bit terrified of what that would bring. And in some weird coincidence, my mother and my grandmother and my aunt had all gotten visas to go to the U.S., and I had been born out of wedlock, but my dad could come if my mom and my dad got married, and they did, and that was awesome. And so then they came to the States, um, and my mom started as a jewelry technician, and my dad painted houses, and they both worked day and night, and they had this dream that I would get educated, and um, they held up an icon of my grandfather. My, my grandfather had been a professor back in Poland of one of the most disgusting things. He was a professor of parasites. Um, he had studied parasites globally, a parasitologist. Um, and, but, but he had gone after his passion, and he was the youngest professor at his university. And he was brilliant, and he spoke French, and he spoke Russian, and he could translate between the languages, and he got to go to Vietnam out of communist Poland, and he got to go to Mongolia, and he was in Antarctica the moment that Poland erupted after the Solidarity Movement, um, and we had martial law, and he stuck a, a Polish flag in Antarctica, um, and so he was a hero, and, and every time we went back to Poland, I would get ushered into his room, and he would teach me my Polish words, and they were all animals out of these beautifully illustrated animal books. Um, and, and I would see his photos. He would take out his really old slide projector and the photos that he had taken in Antarctica. And my favorites were the seals. And I could not pronounce seal in Polish for my life. It's foka. K's are like hard for small children. So I would say, foca, foca, please. Um, and he would show me them, and then there was this one favorite one that had a really snotty nose, and I would always run up to the wall and wipe its nose clean, and it would never work. Um, but I did that even when I knew it wouldn't work because he would laugh, and I really loved him, and I wanted him to be proud of me. Um, and I, 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 wanted to be proud, I wanted him to be proud of me even when I was really far away from him. Uh, I was in the States, and they would send me all these books, and they had you know, it was about marine biology or mag magazines about animals, um, one that was loosely translated from Zviezak to menagerie, um, like an animal menagerie. And um, I was going to be a biologist. He was a biologist. I was kind of into that kind of thing. I really liked animals. Um, I liked le learning about science. So that was the clear route. Um, and I got to high school, and I really lapped up biology. It was easy for me. It was fun to memorize. I really liked the Krebs cycle and photosynthesis. And, like, I could recite that shit. It was no problem. 
Um, and so I applied to college thinking, I'm going to be a biology researcher. This is what I'm going to be. Like, I've been trained to do this my entire life. I've been brought up to be a biologist. And so I went to Stanford, and I took all my chemistry like prerequisites because they don't ta- let you take biology your first year. You have to take uh, bio- you have to take chemistry and you have to take mathematics and you have to take all these things before you ever get to take a single chem- uh, single biology class, which is ridiculous because by then your enthusiasm is waning. If you're like me and you're like, oh god, I sucked at organic chemistry, so I'm going to be a terrible biologist. Um, but I had this amazing, amazing um, advisor in my in my dorm, and she encouraged me to apply for a research position. I was like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a white lab coat. (laughs) I'm going to be distinguished. And I will be a biology professor and I will research. I will never be a pre-med. Pre-meds to me were like, no way. (laughs) Those people are crazy. I'm not going down that road. Sorry, Danica. (laughs) Um... So I applied for an internship in a laboratory as a freshman, and I was told you're not likely to get this. They mostly go to sophomores. And I got a letter confirming that you have not been accepted to this internship. But we have space in a research project in, on, a, on a research island called Palmyra, which is paradise, in the middle of the Pacific, you will take a plane to Hawaii, four days in Hawaii, and then a charter plane to your destination, would you like to go? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) please. Um, And so here I was going to Paradise that was owned by by 12 different universities, and only people from these 12 universities and their affiliates could go there. And we had to memorize all of the different kinds of vegetation that existed on that atoll. Atoll, because it was not an island. It was a sinking volcanic island that was so down into the ocean that the water had gotten into the crater, and so only the very rim of it had created tiny little islands around creating an atoll. Um, And that's where I was going. And we were going to be studying why cocos trees, which were introduced by the Polynesian people, were taking over the native trees. I was like, wait, weren't the Polynesian people like a really long time ago? Is that really not that native? But whatever, you can call your, you know, use your racial slurs against different kinds of plants. That's kind of your own (laughs) philosophy. I'll study, I'll count, whatever, I'm in paradise. Um, And it was paradise. We got to count red-footed boobies and red-footed boobies, which are birds. Um, And we got to canoe around or kayak around these islands in pairs. And I had never experienced so much sunlight. And I had never seen that number of fish. Um, And we got to go on a motorboat into the open ocean. And we got to cat, we caught sharks gray sharks, and we pulled them alongside board, and we flipped them upside down, and we checked whether they were a girl or boy shark, and then we wrote things down, and we put a hole in their dorsal fin, and we stuck a tag in it, and we wrote all these things down about it, and I got to be part of that, and that felt like real science, and it was really exciting, but the best part was everybody else got seasick except for me, but I had been on a New York City subway, like, my entire life, so it was not a problem, (laughs) Even, even when 
um, the captain of the boat who was probably the love child of Bruce Willis and Fabio <laughs> tried to make me puke and everybody else was puking. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I can totally hang on. Not a problem. Um, and I got to see more varieties of fish than I knew existed. Uh, there are 300 types of variety varieties of coral, I think, about in the Great Barrier Reef. And here you could, when snorkeling, look around and see 80 to 90, like, within your peripheral vision, which is pretty wild. I'm spoiled. I can never go snorkeling again and enjoy it. Um, but there is a catch. Every night, paradise 9 to 6, dinner, and then you do lab work from, like, 8.30 to 10.30 at night, or maybe even later. And I had a dirty little secret. I hated lab work. I really didn't like soil sifting. I didn't like spreadsheets. I didn't like any of the science. <laughs> and that was a problem. I, I would stay up at night and look at the geckos on my wall and they would crawl around completely oblivious and I would say, you don't know how happy you are, your grandfather's still proud of you. <laughs> um, and I, I realized that I really didn't actually like the lab work. I was in paradise and I was exchanging four hours of lab work for paradise for the rest of the day and I still didn't like the lab work. And so how was I going to spend a whole lifetime of being a biology researcher if I couldn't do it in exchange for paradise. Um, and I spent the next two years trying to make up my commitment that I had made to my postdocs to do the research hours for them. And it was harrowing, and I wanted to cry, and I hated it, and it was just boring, and it was dead into my soul, and if I had written poetry, it would have totally died then. Um, and I realized that that was the end of my first false start. And I've had a lot of those since then. But the really cool thing is that they all have fit into my life in like a really awesome, profound way. I'm still into biology. I run a garden that kind of relates. <laughs> and... Even if I think I, I became a product design student, a biology student, it was all of these things that, you know, changed. Um, but I think that they'll all be part of me. And I'm much more comfortable with false starts now. You've been listening to True Story. To hear more, look us up in iTunes Podcasts. To comment on this or any of our stories, visit us at truestorytime.org.